0: This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrialcom FM.
1: Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Earl Grey hot.
0: It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Prue, sitting in the center chair this week, and joining me, as always, are my two co-hosts. I have Darren Moser in Turbolift 7. Now, Darren, that was always... Your favorite turbo lift, wasn't it?
1: It was, you know, it's the one that it leads to Cetacean Ops, which is the best destination on the entire ship, let me tell you. But, you know, it actually only travels side to side, so it really doesn't go that it's pretty much just confined to that deck, which is kind of sad. All the other turbo lifts make fun of it, but has a, has a, have a soft spot for uh this uh dome little place.
0: Well, that makes sense
1: I think it's also the one that Picard thought uh cr- was crushing him when he was losing his mind
0: uh, okay no wonder he uh he no! tends to avoid that one <laughs> and also joining me is chief Petty minstrel boy Philip Gilfus. uh Philip uh, are you heading down to war down there or something?
2: well you know someone's got to um, because as we all know after our uh I won the debate that Starfleet is a military organization um <laughs> We're we're really getting ready to go. Now, you know, the important thing is to have your equipment. So okay, I got my phaser rifle. Um, have my combat Now I just have to put on my rank. Oh boy. Uh, so many choices. Um it's one of these. Um but uh I mean there's so many pads stacked on your desk. I, I know one of them is the
1: official rank guide. Uh good luck finding it.
2: You know what? Why? Why limit yourself to one choice? I mean, I like to spruce things up. You know, maybe I'll do uh, a half pip and a full pip today, and then I'll do two <laughs> half pips tomorrow, and you know, see, see, see what gets the most attention.
0: Why don't you just put them all on at the same time, all around your neck, just, a, just a whole ring of them.
1: Admiral of space. (laughs) (laughs) Supreme commander. 20 pips (laughs) around the neck.
2: That would make me the Master Chief.
0: Oh, nice, nice. I like that. All right. uh, So, guys, we have done a a lot of character-based episodes. We've done the whole main cast. We've done... You know, we've done Q, we've done Barkley, we've done Roe, we've done Wesley, we've done... I mean, we've just done... We've we've covered almost everything. And I'm going to give props to Philip here because he mentioned the other day, Hey guys, did we ever do uh ever do an O'Brien episode?
1: And uh, no, we have not. Oh, thank not. God. I thought you were going to say Mr. Mott and I was going to be really <laughs>
2: confused. And then Darren was like, no, this isn't the orb. Why would we do an O'Brien episode? That's exactly what I said.
0: Well, you know, to me, O'Brien, it kind of, he's it split the difference between TNG and, and Deep Space Nine. But I, I, I see Keiko as more of a Deep Space Nine character. So, uh, yeah. no, but we're, we're going to be talking about Chief O'Brien today. Because you know what? Interesting fact for, for some people who may not know this. Uh, Chief Miles O'Brien is the only character to appear in two season premieres, uh, excuse me, series premieres and two series finales. So he was in the you know in from encounter at farpoint all the way up to uh, what what you leave behind. So um, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk O'Brien, guys. Um, what what do you guys? What's your first impressions? What's your initial kind of? Philip, you happen to have him pop in your head randomly. What what do you do? You, are you a big fan of O'Brien?
2: Well, yeah, when my battle axe lady was yelling at me, and I'm like, look, I'm just trying to sit here and eat my beef and potatoes. And I thought, you know what? Miles Edward O'Brien. <laughs> That's what's happening right. Around- no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, uh, but I-, I think... When I think about O'Brien, especially on TNG, like when I was doing my rewatch, um, like, that there's so many... Like, I- I- Obviously, I know he's in TNG, but, like, there's so many subtle things that, like, I forget. Because you're, you start- you're somewhat colored by, you know, Deep Space Nine. He does all this stuff, but, like... Do I remember that he had a pet tarantula? No, I do not. <laughs> Yet yeah, there it is in TNG. Um, of course, we all know about his love of of uh, ships and bottles, right? You know, don't need to don't need to hit that home. Um, but, but that 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 he also just would creep in, like he's in more episodes, just like there. You're just like watching TNG, and like wait, there's even Brian showed up. Okay, well that's there you go. He's just there at the engineering table with Wesley and. And Barkley and Jordy, you know, fixing stuff. Okay, just okay. So he's just kind of like slinks in, you know, every now and then. Of course, then he'll be prominent in other episodes and not. So he's just and and like you even try to think like maybe he's in season two. Oh, there's he's in season two. What, I, thought, I thought he didn't come until like four or something. But so he's just an you know, he's always there in TNG, just checking in, just walking in the background, being like, "Still here, guys? I'll be over there, <laughs> trying to get married to some random person." Um and then you know that was it. So, so I mean you know great great character and of course we were more than happy to give him bestow him really on an, another series.
0: Well I, I would I would say more of a loan cuz in the in the ultimate uh, you know the TNG reunion we're going to have eventually he's definitely going to come back. Uh and and also um as Philip was talking about just to, to clarify he was in 52 TNG episodes, which is really surprising. Um, that's almost a third of the episodes of TNG. That's that's kind of crazy when you think about it. There is a lot of O'Brien in TNG. What about you, Darren? Are you uh, what strikes your fancy when you think of O'Brien? Is, it, is
1: what struck me most about what Philip was saying is you know again like how often he shows up. I think also the reverse is true, where once Picard would start to call down to the ready room or or to the transporter room. And it wasn't O'Brien. And we're like, who the heck is this? Like, are you cheating on O'Brien Picard? Are you calling other transporter rooms? Uh, But no, he was, no, It's a really good character. And I felt they used him very well. And I know we'll get into a lot of the O'Brien specific episodes. Uh, I think the wounded kind of rises to the top, definitely with using his character, but they use him. And he, unfortunately, he hasn't quite gotten to the O'Brien must suffer phase (laughs) that he gets a lot in Deep Space Nine, but, but no, he was a good everyman. you know, he, he fit in, he wasn't quite as, you know, neurotic as Barkley, but, you know, he still, you could tell he was friends with everyone and, but he did his job, you know, and whether, no matter how many hours he had to stand at that transporter pad. Staring at the back wall, he did it.
0: You know that actually transitions really well into the the next point I
2: have here, and that is almost
0: about, like I could see your outline. Oh my goodness, how did you do that?
2: Are you saying it's going to transport us to another topic? It it possibly might. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, no, just just about the character of what like makes him kind of stick out, right? In TNG, we do have these kind of larger than life characters. Uh, Characters who embody all of this 24th century humanity and what it means to be better than what we are, right? And then you have other characters like Barkley, who you mentioned, Darren, uh, who have issues, Issues, we'll say. And then you have a character like O'Brien who sticks out kind of through his... I don't want to say obscurity, but sticks out through his normalcy, through his... I don't want to say mediocrity, but that's kind of the word—averageosity. Av- I, 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 I don't think he's mediocre, but he's well, like interest.
2: He, he has like uh, what I would say normal reactions, like maybe 20th century reactions or 21st century, I suppose now reactions. But like for like, what made me think of like when episodes that he's in that you don't think he's in, but obviously he is, Rascals, right? You know, nominally he doesn't have a major role in that, but his reactions are a normal reaction to when your wife suddenly turns into a child. He's like, "But it's you're a little girl. I can't." And she's like, My name is Edward O'Brien, you know. And but but that the, a normal reaction to your right. you know this it's crazy like, sci fi story. In space
1: and this is sci fi, so of course this is normal. It's like, no, this is never normal, and I'm never going to treat this as normal, Keiko. <laughs> and and you know another. A great
0: moment that we've brought up here before, um, and just referenced earlier, the the ship in a bottle moment, right? I mean, everybody has that moment where they have to suck up to the boss, and, and that's exactly <laughs> what Chief O'Brien does in that scene. He's just like, oh, no, I, I totally did that. No, I
1: totally did that. And I it's did. Like, I did, yeah. <laughs> Produce one bottle right now,
2: <laughs> yeah. Did he not... Put one ship in a bottle. Well, see, that's what you don't
1: understand. The back panel behind the transporter <laughs> pad—it's actually—it's like a false wall. So you hit mm-hmm. the right sequence, it slides open, and he's got all of his building a ship in the bottle supplies right there. Because I mean, come on, you're standing there for hours on end, and all you Just get is—you know—that oh, was bread. And it's like, <laughs> what? but uh he's, sorry he's I, like
2: <laughs> midship and bottle
1: he's like what do i he like quirks his ear up and he's like oh i guess i should be looking at my panel right now he just swings his chair around no he doesn't have a chair he just there's turns no there's no chair there's no chair in transporter the rooms they warped him uh but yeah he turns around and you know saves the day and then turns back around and puts, <laughs> finishes the finishes that bottle
0: this, this is why he transferred, because it always seems to be right when he's doing the final piece of the ship in the bottle, when Picard calls down and says, We need them transported off of the ship right now, right immediately! right And he just drops the bottle.
1: It's, it's like the doctor in early Voyager, when he doesn't know anything, and they're like, Oh yeah, we landed on a planet. And he's like, We did what? It's like, Could someone... I'm always the last to know. Well, I, I are, you, think... are you
2: saying... Are you saying they're hollow emitters in the transporter room and Chief O'Brien can't get out of there? <laughs> Will someone please turn off the transporter chief program? I've been here for hours.
1: Well, you would, I'm sure you that think... he was very jealous of LaForge when LaForge built that giant model ship. And I'm sure, yes. you know, I mean, oh, yeah. they say when the ship, you know, shook, it broke from the shaking. I don't know. I think we saw O'Brien <laughs> sneaking out of main engineering.
2: Right around that shook, point, maybe it shook from jealousy.
0: <laughs> Transporter jealousy.
1: He, uh, he, no, he, 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 he transported it one centimeter up, and then it just, half of it. Yeah, it, half of it. And then it, and then it fell. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, whoops,
2: <laughs> I didn't touch it." <laughs> uh, but see another, and I—I and feel like I'm, I'm skipping ahead, but just like the, those, uh, his the everyman reactions. But he also, and I know I'm probably projecting my experience, but he also plays the non-commissioned role, a non-commissioned officer, very well. Of like, you know, he's not just crewman who's just like, here, I'm doing plucky stuff in the background. But he's not an officer either. So he does provide that sort of real-life, non-commissioned role gap of, like, providing real advice, supporting his officers, right? Because, you know, the officers are the supposed to Troy, be, you know, the ones- I'm
1: sorry, you are in charge.
2: Yeah, and, oh, and, and yeah. like, mm-hmm. that, that little moment when she's like, I even forget the context of something like, oh, that's like dark matter. He's like, Uh, No, no, that's that's nothing like that. Not at all. Sorry, no. No. (laughs) Yep, but he says it very nice. You know, he's like, no, 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 no. It's it's nothing. We we all know at his
1: poker game with the other NCOs, he's like. And then she said, (laughs) (laughs)
2: "Dark matter." Wait, wait. Is he? Is he the one who's been running that Twitter feed on the Enterprise? (laughs) Things Uh, officers say. She thought Overheard the on quantum the
0: filament was just the same thing as the dark matter.
1: <laughs> and I tell you, I, I'm really glad I went off shift right then because I was three <laughs> steps into the turbo lift and I was busting up laughing. Oh, Thank man. God for soundproofing. Uh, you know, it's
0: uh, and it actually reminds me too, and I can't. It reminds me of two things, and one thing is from um, family, of course, when Worf's family comes on board. And his father's like, "Oh yes, another worker, you know, the guy who works for his living, the guy." And that was that was super, like, kind of a cool character moment, yeah. mostly for Worf, but also kind of included uh, O'Brien in there as well. And I can't remember the line, um, but there are two moments in an Encounter at Farpoint where O'Brien has his little second to shine, and like when he's sitting in that ridiculously like <laughs> reclined seat on the battle bridge. Um, and he looks over and he says something, and I can't, he's, he makes some joke, and I can't remember. Forgive me.
2: Oh, was it like? Uh,
1: was it about the gorilla uh, in the spacesuit? <laughs> <No. laughs> I think that's. that, what that it was the forge.
2: It was something about like Farpoint. I hear it's a relatively boring place or something.
1: <laughs>
0: I can't remember what it was, but but uh, was it, so it was the Far- heading? He the been- heading
2: is to Farpoint
1: as it has been yeah. the entire <laughs> time. Yeah, so he he always got the reaction shot after the crew came back from Q's crazy encounter, and he had no <laughs> idea what's going on. So they're like, uh, "What's our heading?" He's like, Sir, "So you literally asked me that?" Like. 3 seconds ago I I haven't changed the heading we're still <laughs> we're still heading to farpoint
0: he was uh O'Brien was standing in ten forward when they all came back from their um their Robin Hood uh, escapades when they were all <laughs> dressed
1: up still. On- <laughs> oh, we should have seen O'Brien
2: as a merry man. That would have been see, good. See the, see, well, we saw him as a married man. Um, but I, I feel like that's probably encounter is when he got the transporter room chief job. Because they learned that he can be in a room and not be seen. And so they're like, you know what? That's what we need in the transporter room. We just want you to be there but not be there. You know, his jokes, they're great but not bridge
1: great. Okay, let's just right. find <laughs> another place for these jokes. <laughs> let's keep them. I don't want to transfer them. But let's, you know, just tuck them away somewhere in the saucer. Because as we know from the blueprints, there's absolutely no transporters in the engineering section for some freaking reason.
0: So, you know, we get this little glimpse of him in an encounter and then kind of peppered throughout. But in red?
1: That...
0: Well, Brian, in red. That's right. In
1: red.
0: And you guys, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot because I can't remember. Ensign. But it, <laughs> is that the only time we see him in red? I want to say yes. Did they immediately put him into yellow after that? I can't remember.
2: I'm going to go. My final answer is yes.
0: All right. Okay, that, well, considering right me,
1: the I... second episode we saw him in, like you said, with Lonely Among Us, which is still season one, because the child was the beginning of season two. So if he was still in red in Lonely Among Us, that's when it would happen but i don't i don't know
2: uh, i think i think it was an instant changeover it was like
1: yet they couldn't get a freaking chief engineer for oh yeah because then they have the the delegates are beaming over and he was probably running the transport he was so, i have
0: i have it i have a scene see- i'm looking right now at an image uh of <laughs> of him standing in between uh, the lizard people and the dog yeah. people.
2: Okay, then, then uh, they have the next they time have, we see They him. have names, Daniel. They have names. The, the
0: Antikins and the Antedians. No, is that right? No, the no the, the Antidians are the fishies. The Antikins and the Soleil. Yes.
2: All right, they are the Hatfields and McCoys of space.
0: <laughs> so yeah, no, we, you're we right. saw okay. See, so, yeah. So we we get we get him twice in season one, um, and then you know he gets peppered a little bit more, um and but we actually do get to see a, a fair amount of character development for him like there is like philip mentioned you, you might not remember you may not realize it because he is you know a pro- he's thought of it and is primarily a deep space nine character but he, there's a lot that's established in TNG and it's done in such a way like in in such a spread out kind of uh non-concentrated way that you just don't think about it oh hey, Chief, so- Chief O'Brien's in this episode that I happen to be watching. It's like you don't watch it as a Chief O'Brien kind of yeah. storyline because that's not how it's built. But there is a whole lot of character that's established. Um, and I wanted to kind of just go through it from right from the beginning and then uh, really I think the big, big, first big change comes in Data's Day, of course, when he gets Am married.
2: I right? Oh, wait, not me. guys.
0: Uh, But this was a big deal, Um, I think, except for that one episode of the original series when when Kirk married somebody who died. that was.
2: It was in the uh, Enterprise. No, 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 no. It was in. Oh shoot! It's not the Enterprise incident. It's the um, other one with the Romulans. Balance of Terror. Balance of Terror. Final answer. Final answer.
0: And and this actually has a call. That episode has a callback to Balance of Terror when I'm pretty sure Picard gives the same speech that Kirk does. This is it's The greatest privilege of, of whatever starfleet I, mean, I don't know that line but uh but anyways um so we, you know we get the the O'Brien keiko thing pretty pretty early on um and then from there what we can go on but uh well Data's day, day is, is
1: actually a, if is this list you you put up Daniel in order from air cuz that's yep, actually be, um, in the last third is yep, Data's right. day and then right after we get the wounded so it's like one two punch of O'Brien like he was the hot ticket right then. Um, not that those... I think right before there, that, they but, made yeah. the
0: decision, let's bring him over to Deep Space Nine, probably, is what yeah. happened, but...
2: Well, you know, and, and to me, that was interesting, because um, in some way, and, and I'm not doing the whole trope of, like, you know, do we like Keiko? Let's just put that aside for a second. But, like, to me, that is the most random pairing. Like, not like, you know, again, i not saying she's a bad character, but it's like, is does that ever make sense? Like, what do they talk about? like you know uh sea berries the, the, and uh <laughs> i you know what did they have the only thing i can think they have in common and maybe this is how they met cuz like you have to tell a story like how did they meet is a big ship i don't know um but like wh- one thing that, that tng does that is both good and bad is that it just randomly throws people in like the orchestra and symphony on tenfold. foil oh, or just yeah. like you g- grab an instrument like, how did yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> but but i'm in it, i'm a you know a botanist or an engineer or Wesley or something, you know. And but like I think O'Brien. Well, I know he did it. You know, D-Space Time is established. But even T and G before it was like said out loud. He played a random instrument and Keiko played a random instrument. So in my my head canon is Everybody they met doing a, a concert. Movies. Yeah, a data yes. concert. Yeah, so he, that, that, that's that's well, my head But
1: well, remember, Data introduced them, so it could have been a data concert. And he's like, "Hey, first trombone and." Uh, Zuzaphone Let's uh You guys should uh <laughs> You guys should, should chat. You know What was O'Brien's instrument
0: it was, What was it cello. established cello. He's a cello He's a cellist it. Yep mm-hmm. And in fact in, in Deep Space Nine I'm, I'm pretty sure they go, they go They go into it And I, and I think His fa- his father Is pushing him Was pushing him To be a professional cellist
1: Although I don't I don't really know What the word that professional means like something means He'd be in, bragging about To Bashir
0: I don't think he was bragging about it. I'm pretty sure he, I can't. I was almost a special chalice.
2: Dr. Mr. Enhance. No, Dad. No, Dad. I want to be an engineer. Son, I don't want to hear that. You need to make a real living in the Federation. You're going to be a red <laughs> chalice.
1: You're going to be in command for a
2: day. Look, chalice is a good fallback. It's a steady position. You can do engineering <laughs> as a hobby.
1: <laughs> well, another episode, you know, like we've mentioned, they're, they're only a few that really have a, O'Brien focus, uh, but definitely also power play where he's one of the mm-hmm. three. And I think that's such a great use of the character because everybody says so data, Troy and O'Brien. So you have the two, you know, leads, but then by having O'Brien, like we actually care, it, it makes me think a lot of, um, you know, I, again, I'm comparing it to like uh, schisms where there's that random, You know lady who also was taken we just don't care we're just like who the heck are you but by having O'Brien in power play instead of random person of the week like you, you had to have someone you cared about that you you didn't want to get hurt as they were being possessed.
2: And and also, I mean, one thing that you were you're kind of talking about, Daniel, is like these these you know pictures of O'Brien we see, like we do get like the hey he got married and hey look his wife's pregnant and then hey he had the baby and you know, like so you sort of like you know well we we definitely know, sort of saw
1: little... the baby I mean Worf delivered the baby <laughs> yes
2: she is you know yeah. she is you, dilated you may, now you may now give birth. birth. <laughs>
1: Which the there is a great callback to. So <laughs> oh, that's right. Where you? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, are you saying like in DS9 where they reference that? And he's like, I yeah, was where they reference that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was a good callback. But, um, you know, and just talking about this, like, oh, it's great that they used O'Brien instead of a rando. Like it's <laughs> officer rando.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> crewman random and he's a blue shirt so you just completely forget him <laughs> no one cares. as soon as you see
1: him <laughs>
0: but you know and and i guess wow this is weird to say now um but because normally i would say in the hypothetical future star trek show but now i can say in the actual future <laughs> star trek show um what i really hope and think that they'll do is they'll populate that crew in a lot of the way that Deuce Stace 9 did but they'll go even further than yeah. that they're it's you know they're going to keep pushing that and like you're going to become familiar with secondary and tertiary characters and they're just they're going to be filled with all of these it's going it's going to be this persistent universe kind of thing where oh hey this guy was in two episodes in season 1 and he shows up in season 4 like it, you're going to have this kind of O'Brienization of the entire crew, and it would be it'd be super awesome to see that kind of thing, and that's why O'Brien as an everyman works really well because, like you said, you can sympathize with him and you like it, you care that he was taken over by stupid space ghosts, even if you don't
1: care about coast stupid space to ghosts.
2: coast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think he was entirely taken over.
0: Brax. Bra- <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy uh, right, okay. sorry let me change the channel back <laughs> okay the O'Brien show yeah it's uh, well yeah uh, that made me think Daniel I, I just watched the pilot for the sci-fi channel show um, The Expanse so again a, a very new just aired sci-fi Like, I think, the, I think Warp 5 is covering that don't, don't worry about that <laughs> no no not the episode of The Expanse or the plot? <laughs> oh, no, I think expanse. you mean the vo-
2: Voyager when they went no, to the no, uh, du- oh the no. Necron
0: Expanse, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> but in this, not the Typhoon Expanse. No, uh, but but yeah, they basically just in the pilot they started talking about three distinct kind of groups. You had like a crew on a ship, you had like a diplomat, and you had like a cop on a station. And I th- I think that's uh, I mean not that Star Trek won't go that way, but that's much more common nowadays. in... in in science fiction franchises to have, like you were saying, the that expansive roster and you kind of jump around and the stories interconnect and some of the people meet each other and, you know, then everything changes and something goes wrong. And so, yeah, it's, we want, we want more characters. We don't just want seven. We just don't want the bridge crew. You know, we want to know Ensign McDuff. It has got to be a McDuff. <laughs> <laughs> they got to put a McDuff in. They
2: got it. Oh they got it. What you do you mean? Duff he was head. there the entire time, Darren. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's
0: oh, the second McDuff commander.
2: So I mean,
1: obviously. I mean, that makes total <laughs> sense. I love McDuff. Uh, okay,
0: so all right, we've we've danced around this particular episode. Um, so let's start with talking about the wounded, but let's also talk about other episodes. We we also mentioned Power Play, but. Um, and talk about episodes and moments uh, of O'Brien that we really like. But honestly, let's let's get it out of the way. Like the Wounded, not only is an amazing episode of TNG, class. Like, an am- amazing episode, but it's also really important to Deep Space Nine. And it's it's super. It establishes things not only about the universe, but also specifically about O'Brien's character. You know his his racism towards the cardies the bloody cardies you know and uh it, which is stuff that, that that is kind of paid off uh, ultimately in the long run and and uh and plus it's an amazing episode of course right
2: but yeah, and and i think that's an interesting i mean i don't want to say retcon, but i mean you know we have to sit and think about okay what did miles's you know career look like you know so an encounter he's some red shirt Um, the, you know, (laughs) emergency standby con pilot on Tuesdays, the third Tuesday. It's
1: okay. (laughs) We'll never see this in high definition, so the rank doesn't matter. I mean, we won't be able to tell.
2: (laughs) That's right.
0: No, actually, I'm sorry, Philip. I know, I just want to interrupt you just for a second. He is the official Battle Bridge con officer. It's just, we don't really go to the Battle Bridge that much, so we don't really see him there. Sorry, sorry.
2: (laughs) Mr. O'Brien, this was your favorite con, wasn't it? It's the only one in here. How how (laughs) would you guess it's my favorite one? Jacket? Um, But, you know, know, so we see him there, but, like, you know, the retcon is that way before this, well, not way before this, he was on the USS, look, the name doesn't matter. It doesn't matter (laughs) what the ship was called or who it was named after. Jack Rutledge
1: died for you to get that name, okay?
2: (laughs) You know who else died there? I mean, anyway. I'm sorry. That sounds more dignified. But that he was, you know, I guess a yellow shirt before he was a yellow shirt because he was a, he was a tactical officer, which I think, again, that doesn't make sense because he was enlisted. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But anyway, the point is he was a soldier uh, or he was, you know, he was Maybe more of security a temporary security battle field.
1: commission or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, but anyway, but that—I so, mean—because that that role as war veteran does go all the way into deep space. Not you know whether it's Garrick, you know, haranguing him about you know his experiences, or or even other people, especially when the Dominion War comes again or comes again comes. Um, but you know, so that's always over him. But I think the wounded, because I think the first, you know, Daniel, when you talked about sort of you know O'Brien's racism, huh? but like when you watch that episode, that's what I expect him. But then of course the famous line there is that. Yes. You know, he's like he's. I don't hate you, Cardassian. I hate what you made me become, and so. But I, but I think Miles does definitely help bring that. You know, because Starfleet is military, he helps bring that war experience, (laughs) um, reality there of like, hey, you know, yeah, we we. We did see people killed. We killed people. We went, you know, and so there's that sort of seriousness of the wounded. Wounded is a great episode. I, I know our listeners know that, but if you haven't watched it, put it on the watch list because that is a great. Well, episode. as the
1: Enterprise is tracing and tracking down, you know, the Kit Bash Rutledge, it's just mad that it, you know, messed up its beautiful one seven zero one D design. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the yeah the the Wounded's a a great a great episode, and and really you know, not only gives more depth to O'Brien's character, but, you know, we're seeing him, but how you know, I don't know, I wasn't in the writer's room, obviously, like, you know, when they're putting the story together, but I wonder if, you know, look at the opportunity, the character of O'Brien gave them in that episode. I mean, think of, well, what if, you substitute like another character there. Oh, well, Jordy served with him or whatever. It's like, well, would Jordy beam over and do that? Like it's just having that kind of a level character that could not operate outside the chain of command, but just kind of sidestep, you know, cause obviously I just can't see it really being any other character. And it, I think they pulled it off really well.
2: Well I, I, well, I knew it couldn't be Jordy cause he doesn't sing that well. <laughs>
1: I mean, he could write a mean program to sing if you would come over to the holodeck, Captain, and I'll make my point.
0: Well, yeah, two things real quick. I, I do want to say that my uh, O'Brien as racist comment is actually more, more tongue-in-cheek than anything because because of the line that you mentioned, Philip. And, and also, even in, in Deep Space Nine... While he shows to have a few hangups, I think he actually is kind of shown to be above He handles living on um, a Cardassian station fairly well. <laughs> fairly well. Uh <laughs> he starts flirting with a Cardassian engineer. Um, you know, you know, all of these he he lives with some Cardassians, but but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um
2: and it, and it's interesting there, again. Talk about relationships, that I don't understand. Again, like he's married, and then like the next episode, they've already been married. Like they haven't even exchanged food recipes yet. I mean, like I feel like that would happen <laughs> in during the twenty fourth
1: century. I know, you know I know, there's I, know I
2: know. Philip. I mean,
1: nobody remembers <laughs> but, but anyone's in- phone numbers anymore.
2: I, I, I get it I, but but like the it is interesting in The Wounded and maybe it probably happens in a lot of episodes Deep Space Nine it was well that whole like how much has she shared with Keiko about the bloody bloody Cardassian War because um, like I you know it doesn't seem like I, I may be making this up in my head cause, like, I think like in The Wounded does she like try to ask him what happened and He he like doesn't want to talk about it or something I can't remember but I think, I think that's that sort that of an happens, interesting yeah. dynamic yeah and then she forces Cardassian food on him in Deep Space Nine if I remember correctly
1: I still remember, you know, as a kid when Molly gets asked to clean the table and she takes the plate and puts it in the replicator. I'm like, what? That's not even, you're not even doing anything. I mean, hey. it's like, you have it so easy.
2: Yes, but she's also learning um, advanced physics at the age of two. So, you know, That's it's a different role. acting ensign That's... before
1: she knows it. Good point.
0: Um. No, but there, I think, Darren, to your point, um, the reason that they used O'Brien instead of, like, Geordie or anybody else is because um, you have to believe his split loyalty. That, that's kind of important to the episode. Like, you... um, and, and the same way that, like... I think it's a little less effective in Pegasus with Riker, but, I mean, it's still kind of effective. But in this episode, you're like... He's like... Like, uh, O'Brien says... I have had the privilege of serving with the two best captains in Starfleet which were which were Maxwell uh and Picard. They say well uh, if
1: you had to choose one
0: I mean <laughs> <laughs> So you know you you kind of like buy that he he doesn't want to do this but he does out of duty uh which you know says says a lot for his character as well. Um but I think that's why they kind of used that character because it also kind of Empathize the audience to Maxwell because uh, during the episode he just seems like a crazy
1: man, Captain that's Bly, just
2: awesome. or whatever.
1: It's always Moby Dick. That's all the only captain we can ever compare, anyway.
2: That'd to. be Captain Ahab. That'd be Captain Ahab. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or Captain Dick. D- relax, Philip. It could be Captain Dick. Um, what do you mean? Rachel? All right, what else? <laughs> what else guys what are, what are the other episodes or moments that stick out for you um I think uh that I already mentioned um, family We mentioned which, rascals. which is one of the mentioned rascals as well is there anything else well, that kind
2: of i pops mean out it, only because uh, ready room talked about it it's it's really just a small moment but the, it's one of those sort of like oh he is in there like in theory when he and Keiko Again, whatever. Um, are talking about like you know she's like Miles is always leaving his socks on the floor, <laughs> you know. Men, am I right? Uh, you know, anyway, um, so but yeah, it's just little things like that. Um, it's always the little things.
1: Well, and like I said in disaster, you know him again pointing out that Troy is in charge. You know that's again another great moment because he's, you know he, he's technically. I mean, he knows more than anyone else on that bridge. He would, you know, but, but he's not an officer, you know, it's like, if you had just taken the dang test, you know, he'd be running the ship by now, but.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I was actually going to specifically mention disaster because not only is O'Brien a prominent figure in the episode, but you know, um,
2: his wife gives birth. So (laughs) that's,
0: that's pretty significant. I would say.
2: Yeah. No, and it is because, I mean, again, we got to see, you know, baby Molly, and then we got to see not as baby Molly because, you know, kids in Star Trek, whew, they grow Something up so about fast. Space. I, Something I about remember space. when they were just a baby, and now they're Naomi Wildman, um, who apparently is now four feet tall in a season. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I, it will take a long time to gestate, so it makes sense. Um, but, uh,. But yeah, I mean, I mean, again, that's little things we get to see him being a father and get to see him being a husband. You know, he's he's taking care of Molly during the whole Rascals debacle. You know, he reaches mm-hmm. to his girl and and different stuff like that. So it's all cute and real. You know, it I means real, right? I mean, that, that whole everyday man. So it's not. Yeah, again, I, I, I like when you were struggling earlier, Daniel. I kind of agree with that struggle because we're not saying he's mediocre. It's just like. Regular, like normal, not normal in a bad way, but just like this is what people do is what's happening, right? Now, how he reacts and how he lives. He, he's married, has a kid, and puts chips in bottles like everyone else does.
0: I actually wanted to go through just a, a small list of episodes here. Um, that it, it, If you haven't seen the episode recently, it might surprise you that he was in those episodes, or at least it did to me. So O'Brien was in The Measure of a Man. He was also in, uh, hold on, give me a second, Sarek, which I don't remember him being in there. He Was w- Was, was he of-
2: playing the instrument that made Sarek cry, possibly? Yeah, he, you know, the- he
0: might have been. I actually don't remember.
1: I, Again, don't, I haven't watched these episodes. I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure they didn't have too many heavy hitters in the actual group. It was just Data and, like, no names. What, you
2: mean one of the little people?
1: Oh, Oh, he's also... And I was just noticing in um in your list, you don't have time zero part two because he's not seen but <laughs> but um they yell at O'Brien to beam him out as they're firing their torpedoes. Riker yells at O'Brien at the last second, but we don't see him. I'm like, who else would they trust to yell at at the last second to save the captain
0: yeah, he was also in um redemption part two he was in Darmok he was uh we already talked about disaster he was in the game uh and we talked about rascals as well and then of course um I did really want to kind of just at least briefly mention and talk about the fact that he was in all good things and like he was in all good things in a way that made sense and was really cool to kind of see him back and he was back in the red shirt so it was not just
2: no um, no no back on the enterprise oh yes (laughs) I
0: So it was. I mean, I, I. That's one of those moments that I'm like. It pays to be a viewer. It pays to pay attention. It pays to like be a fan, and like you get to see that again, and it's cool. And then like, I mean, we've talked about all good things, of course, but man, that, that just that flashback scene when, when you have all of these characters running around, meeting each other for the first time that we never got to see in the actual episode. I, I just, I, I can never get over how well. Well, that I mean, was igniting the awesome midnight
1: petroleum. Is. I mean, <clears throat> that's just worth its weight in gold right there. I mean, gold press platinum.
0: It, it is, though. It, I mean, it, it, it is because we never saw the introduction scene between Data and Picard. And that's like seems like a really fundamental relationship. And we never saw it. And then we did see it, and it was cool. You know?
2: but, the, but then we see the origin story is O'Brien was the first one to meet Data.
0: That's right. How yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, how you do that. And I and I love how there were again a season one retcon still uh, TNG, uh, you know the engineering right? No, no engineers in there, like it's yeah. empty. There's zero people. So let's get let's get Acting Ensign Conboy yeah. from the Battle Bridge. He'll fix the the they'll fix the engine, right? Okay. Well,
1: I really liked when the Enterprise was ferrying the Voyager crew to Deep Space Nine. Right. To, uh... <laughs> nice, nice. Oh wait, that was that was in our episode <laughs>
2: yeah and, and ron's like i don't want to get transferred again because i've just been hiding these chips and bottles in the pit here in ops where no one sees and just does he like out. does he
1: like finish the bottle and then he puts it back in the replicator and kind of like lets it just be recompiled back into like raw materials <laughs> to make a new one i mean where does he keep all of his chips and bottles we never see him in his in his all those cabin. times
2: he's in the jeffrey's tubes yeah
1: well I always felt that O'Brien was kind of the third counterpart to like Geordi Data and O'Brien yeah. kind of made up the engineering duo or trio, you know. I mean, they kind of Barkley was kind of shoved into that role for the episodes he was or in. Or Wesley
2: sometimes. Yeah, Or
1: Wesley, but but I felt like, you know, if Wesley was was off somewhere or if 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 um Barclay wasn't there. Then, like those three would be most likely to be huddled around the the pool table making stuff happen.
2: Yeah, it was always like we got to figure out how to do the science engineering with it. Yet he never science. got
1: invited to play Sh- with Sherlock Holmes. You know, I don't, I don't know who he would be, but
2: Sherlock Holmes he, is an officer's game, Darren.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he could be. Um, what is the uh... Moriarty? No. Nope. What is the police? Got? Oh, oh police LeStrade. Yes,
1: okay. LeStrade. Always
2: oh, getting it <laughs> wrong. Should have been.
1: Yes, you'd make a great LeStrade.
2: Would he have like the mustache? <laughs> oh, of course, yeah.
1: the big old giant handlebar mustache.
2: Well, like, and be... in, in, in another uh, case of uh, O'Brien coddling officers would be Realm of Fear, where he's like, "Oh God, if someone doesn't like the transporter." Okay, all right, um, well, uh, sir, sir, uh, Lieutenant Barkley, sir, you know, it's perfectly safe. I mean, I'm, I will open up the, yeah. the pattern buffer for you. can look at it. You know, it's, right. it's really childish. I, I didn't say that, sir. I didn't say that. What I meant was... Um,
1: that's true. He's, you know, the opposite of Barkley as far as the transport. I mean, he that's his job. That's his life, is this machine and trusting it and using it to save people. And Barkley's just like, nope. <laughs> Give me a shuttle.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like people who are uh, you know uh, have a phobia of flying, and, you know, kind of coming in contact with a pilot or something.
2: Like that. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like reminds me of like Scotty in trouble with the Tribbles, who's like doesn't matter if you right. insult the captain, once you insult the Enterprise, and so when someone's like transporters don't trust them, you're like whoa whoa, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, I uh, uh, beg your pardon, beg your pardon. Um, you know.
1: Well, then <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. Uh, is it the enemy? Um, yeah, the enemy. It, where O'Brien's trying to work his transporter magic to to beam through the the atmospheric interference, and they beam the thing down, and then it comes back, and it's like molten, you know, to the floor, and you're just like yes. you're like, mm-hmm. ugh, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, and then and just you got that. He really, he was the action figure that was in that playset. You know, I mean, you had the transporter room, but until you had someone that you could really connect to that room, I mean, he's the man with the pattern enhancers and he's just like ready to go, you know, and I think
2: it, it, it is hard to believe, which that is the only uh, TNG like place that I don't own because uh, I have the bridge. Uh, well, No, I don't have engineering. Yeah. That was with Generations. I have it. Dang I have it. <laughs> oh, well, there's two. I don't. Know. So, yeah, I only have one. I only have the bridge. Who's I need the engineering, engineering true and the transport room. Uh, you're, oh, right. you're right. You're right. I didn't even know I, the engineering I, place I, that existed for like years. And I'm like, what? I must I know. own this. Anyway, what's so small though? But anyway, but you're right. Like, transporter set, like, the fact that it didn't come with O'Brien, I mean, that's just, <laughs> come on now. Come on.
1: Where would you put him? Like, there's no console. I mean, the console's what you push as a person. I mean, there's not a little tiny console for him to stand behind.
2: Wait, d- Does it come with, like, a series of pips you get <laughs> to choose from as you are operating it? Yes. it As it should. And, like, no matter what pip you put on, you're still O'Brien?
1: It's like the seatbelts in the Shuttlecraft toy. And we're like, where were these? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that actually brings up a good point uh,
0: that Darren mentioned earlier. Is... what. We had gotten O'Brien in the movies,
2: which we didn't get. Oh yeah, yeah. Worf keeps coming out yeah. of nowhere, but O'Brien <laughs> yeah. can never make it. I mean, it. come on. When's the last come time on. you saw
1: the Defiant flying somewhere from Deep Space Nine and O'Brien wasn't on board? I mean, yeah. he's there most of the time, keeping that thing. It's guys, you don't understand. It is so. Overpowered. I mean, if a plane oh is stop not it. there stop to it. hold it together, stop it. it'll just stop fly. The, it. Look, the
2: only people that could fly it are Worf and the guy from Parks and Rec. Those are the only two people. <laughs> Scott, and huh? flew in a lot. I'm just saying, but
1: not in. Yeah,
2: but, you know, but yeah, Okay. Well, no, okay. what I mentioned. Yeah, Chief O'Brien was having lunch with Cisco that day. Um That's. But
0: the, in my in my per, in my perfect world. Jadzia, Worf, and O'Brien would have all oh. been on the Defiant when uh, the Enterprise picked it up. And how awesome would that have been? Oh. That would have been so good. And then there would have been absolutely no reason uh, that the Enterprise crew wasn't invited. Because Jadzia would have made sure <laughs> that the Enterprise crew was invited to the wedding. The, okay, That's so I'm, I'm now
1: picturing the next episode after uh, First Contact. Because was DS9 was still on the air at that point. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, that's why the define the uniform. So, yeah. so, Worf just you know sits down at Quark's, and he looks a little like you know his his, his, his uniform's a little tattered. He kind of is a fresh one, and and O'Brien sits down and is like, "Hey, Worf, you got back?" He's like, "Let me tell you the crazy adventure I've been on on the Enterprise. You <laughs> bu- well, I mean, you've been there, and he, and O'Brien just feels really bad for missing out on such an awesome <laughs> adventure because he was stuck See, deploying the minefield or some other you know bs
2: no 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 i can picture it you, you same thing Worf comes into clark's a little beaten up and he's like enjoying his prune juice drink and then and there's like this si- silence as o'brien kind of comes in where it's kind of like he just has his face like maybe he's carrying this like engineering kit just plunks it in front of Worf and says it'll take four weeks to fix it <laughs> and then he just walks away He's
1: like, you had to fly right into the cube, didn't
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we will never make ship. Captain <laughs>
1: Now, sir. He's like, Captain Picard defeated these without <laughs> destroying the Enterprise several times, Commander. Today is a good day for repairs. <laughs> or, or he sits down, he's like, he's about to order something, and he's like, oh, actually, quite. I just don't have time. And he just gives a sideways <laughs> glance
2: to warp, <laughs> and doesn't say anything else, and just walks out. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's like, "Chief, you'll just have to make some tiny repairs." And tiny. he's like, "Tiny." Sir.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it and that brings up just a tiny yeah, secondary tiny. <laughs> uh uh, uh a point that I wanted to bring up was just the fact that uh we, you know, I I I honestly can't picture or, or think of uh, of like any good examples of of the Worf and O'Brien dynamic, but the, the idea, just the idea that they had, you know, become colleagues at least on the Enterprise, and then both had moved somewhere, uh, and then you know we kind of see that pay off in Deep Space Nine. I always thought that was really good. I I really like. There's a one scene when when Worf is I, I think he's really depressed about the um, spoilers, death of Jadzia, and uh, you know O'Brien, the only guy who can go in there and drink with him head to head. Uh, and and they spend the whole night in his quarters just drinking away their, and talking about their sorrows. I, I liked that because, you know, it was like O'Brien could do that because he had history with this guy. They had spent seven, seven, no, well, they'd spent five years and then, and then you know, however many years as well. So you get those, they don't do it a lot, but they, they called back to, to TNG uh, in some subtle ways and I, I really appreciated yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I think we got a scene- kind of similar to that in um way of the warrior that the first no well what's the the, the first episode of wharf yeah that's the first okay. that's the first that's one what i meant Worf, yeah. yeah so in that one i'm pretty sure there's an episode there's a scene or two where you know he, he is is interacting with o'brien and you know they're mm-hmm. you know they're and they don't do it a lot but yeah there are a couple scenes um you know yeah we're, we we like that i mean we like crossing the streams and showing that these people knew each other for years before and they don't have to necessarily reference an exact i guess that's the thing just like with nowadays you know the writers would be going into like oh well in this episode you know this and this of course we want these characters to mention it i mean they do later mention like the being there when molly was born you know that was a great you know, callback, but you know these callbacks are great when you can do them with uh, with these characters.
2: Yeah, and, and I like the part where Worf, when he first met O'Brien, goes, "Chief O'Brien, I have nothing yeah, to say to you." You know what you you did. know
1: uh. <laughs> oh jeez oh wait that's when
2: that's when and he takes off, off the Worf beard.
1: Well, and I... I remember O'Brien also knew the most about Q. Smiley, smiley. Well, no, I, was talking about, I remember oh, when, yeah. when Q shows up and and he's just like, oh, no. Like, are you just following me, Q? Because we're nowhere near the Enterprise. And, and Q asks him, weren't you, uh, weren't you one were you? of the little people? Were, were you one of the little people? Oh, okay, <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, you know, yeah, and there... We don't get a lot of that, but there is the one scene that comes to my head where Worf and O'Brien and not O'Brien, Odo are talking and, and Worf is like trying to take Odo to task for like, Oh, your security is so lax. And Odo's like, Oh really? Remember when rascals <laughs> happened? Yeah. idiot took over <laughs> the entire <laughs> enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we do, you know, we do get it very, very um, sparingly, but it, you're right. Nowadays things would be very different, but man, I would have loved more of that, it, including O'Brien. It, it would have just been great. All right. Well, let's let's close out here, guys. Um I'll I'll start and I'll say, you know what? I I love O'Brien. I love him as a character. Uh whether it's in TNG or Deep Space 9, uh, I I do feel he's more relatable than a lot of the characters that that a lot of the other characters. And uh you know, he he makes me laugh. He makes me kind of sympathize with him um as a terrible terrible choice in mates, but you know, whatever. Nobody's perfect. Uh, you know, he's just—he seems like a guy you can go out and hang out with, guy you can go have a beer with. And
2: in fact, you know, ales for all of my officers.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, he's not an officer, so he does not. He's not get an away.
0: officer. He's got to—he's got to replicate his own beer. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but you know, you know, from the first appearance, and I think most of it, this has to be attributed to Colmini because. Just how, like, normal and, and likable and approachable that guy seems, like, at all times. And, you know, he, he's in these extraordinary circumstances, but he just seems like a guy you could have a beer with. And, and I, I love his character, and I just I love that there's just, a, just a, a normal schlub. He's just some normal guy on the Enterprise. And he does his job, and he does it really well. And then he goes home, and he, and he does what he wants. He goes to, you know, he kayaks. And you know he eats whatever the heck he ate. I can't not seaweed. I know that he doesn't like
2: seaweed. <laughs> he likes his meat and potato. He's a meat his and potato guy. <laughs> uh,
0: so I love O'Brien, and and I, I love him in TNG. I love him in TNG Space 9 and and who knows? Maybe I'll love him in the next Star Trek series. Come on, let's do it. Uh, but what about you guys? What, do you, what any other thoughts you have? Uh, anything you want to say that you didn't get to say before?
2: Well, I mean, we did not talk enough about him uh, dislocating his shoulder kayaking throughout the TNG series into Deep Space Nine, um, which I believe when Dr. Crusher transferred his medical file to Dr. Bashir. I think she noted that with, like, several asterisks (laughs) of, like, keep him out of the holodeck. And Bashir's like, we don't have holodecks. Um, So, (laughs) um, but, yeah. No, I I agree. I I do like... I, you know it's one of those things like they could have used O'Brien more in you know, uh, that's not a complaint i'm just saying you know the, the little hand quote that we he, we did use him of course we used him a lot um it was always good cuz i think that was always the thing like one thing i read was that the writers always you know kind of like wanted to make material worthy of colm you know meaning it was like this is this guy who's like a legit like you know he's a fr- worldwide actor you know who does movies mostly Um, And so they're like, you know, gosh, if he's going to come on, I hope we have something that's, you know, decent. But, of course, I think he seemed to want to play anything, even if it was just, like, the one scene or the one line or whatever. So I think we were just very gifted to have him and, of course, uh, to to continue him, of course, for a whole other series. So you're welcome, again, as I started. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) Well, I always see O'Brien as the man who went up in a starship and came down in a station. And if you get that reference... (laughs) contact me on twitter dr sci-fi because that's a stretch but no the one episode i mean we didn't talk about i mean because it's it's deep in ds9 territory but the one where the Pa race took over his wife and he pretty much does anything for her i think that really showed a lot about his character
0: all right well uh you know believe it or not chief o'brien not the only thing we've been talking about here on the network so here's a look at what else you may have missed Elsewhere on Trek
1: FM. Previously on Trek.fm, standard orbit.
0: They just happened to come at just the right time. Right. Or just, just the, wrong the right time.
2: time for
1: it to be dangerous. Like literally, like not even like that day, but like like two minutes
2: before <laughs> this happens. Earl Grey.
1: Well, it does all those cloak experiments. It deployed that communications array. Minefield. And the minefield for exploratory purposes. (laughs) Let's not talk about the defiant because you know
0: it's just going to upset me.
2: The ready room.
1: Here's one more thing I want to throw out here for you guys. Recasting this episode, because I know you guys like to do this on To The Journey with things, with Mm -hmm. series and such. I think that Ma'ab should be played by Will Ferrell. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to the journey!
0: Okay, I know Tristan's gonna pick that one, and he's yeah. gonna pick that one, so I'm gonna pick this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, this this one has a really nice Balana moment, so I'm gonna leave that one for Tristan. Right, like and
0: <laughs> of course you pick it every time, and I know I can rely on you.
1: Commentary, Trek Stars.
0: Now I feel like I have to see the wicker man to get all of the jokes that are in this movie. Which one? The original or the remake? Why would I watch anything with Nicolas
1: Cage? The 602 Club. I, I remember hearing
0: Timothy Zahn, even back then, reading an article that he was listening to the John Williams uh, scores in his car. as He was thinking all this through and, and making sure the pacing felt like it did with the music. So maybe it had to do with the certain music he was listening to. Maybe he was listening hmm. to a New Hope score at that point. I don't know.
2: Literary Treks. I think we had between the three of us, half a dozen or eight different springboards, and they were written in such a way that they could have gone to either ship and crew. It was like, you know, the Sagittarius encounters big blob in space, or Endeavour encounters derelict spacecraft. Or I mean, I'm being real surface here. I mean, the, 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 the prompts we provided in the Bible were probably just a couple of sentences long, and it was just meant to say, these are the kinds of stories we're thinking about. Women at Warp. So we went in and pitched, and I have to say that was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. I have scrubbed in on brain surgery. It did not frighten me as much as, go, as waiting outside Gene Roddenberry's office getting ready to go in and pitch to him.
1: Meta Trex
0: that would have just been a grand moment if uh you know george takei would have played two Vicks, you know and and when the transporter accident happens he's standing there in those colorful clothes and just says oh my oh my <laughs>
1: and that's what else is happening on trek.fm
0: so check out these shows to get in on the daily trek talk you'll find them in itunes stitcher tune in the windows podcast directory for xbox and zoom visit the trek.fm website for the full trek experience You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek.fm Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Philip, if people needed to, if people had questions about South Carolinian politics, uh, who, who would they, who would they get a hold of here?
2: Uh, they can uh, talk about the new project I'm in charge of over at Utopia, Utopia Planitia of renaming starships. Um, uh, I'm just I'm just saying, you know what? Defiant would be a great name. It'd be a great name. Um, but they can find me um, on Twitter at NC Public Servant. That's NC for NC. And then I think we're going to put another C after that soon.
0: All right, Darren, and uh, I know you're looking uh, for someone to help give birth to your second child. How, how would people kind of reach out to apply for that process?
1: You know, they got to go through not only all of Starfleet medical <laughs> training procedures and emergency in case you're in, you know, 10 forward procedures. But, you know, I just I don't think anyone's going to be up to stuff. So uh, I think we're just going to stick with uh, with Kaiser. But uh right
2: and and, and and what other woman will be delivering your your baby because that's how the O'Briens uh had the second one?
1: I see, I don't even remember that episode, but
2: uh, oh that, no, Kira, Kira, oh, Kira that's had his right. baby
1: Yeah, no, no,
0: <laughs> I no. agree with that, I agree <laughs> That entire sentiment I but, agree. With. Uh, yes,
2: and then you have an awkward triangle <laughs> with the come on, come on, this is your fault. <laughs> but uh but yes no if they want to
1: talk about science fiction they can find me on twitter under a username doctor SciFi. that's d-r-s-c-i-f-i
0: and if people want to chat with the everyman of the earl grey podcast they can get a hold of me at one of dan on twitter that is the number one not the word all right guys i'm actually gonna go i think i'm gonna go down to transporter room three and uh, ponder the meaning of existence for the next seven <laughs> hours from
2: my shift I'm sure someone will give you the official goodbye when it's time you to transfer off, Daniel. Energize. Make it so.
1: Get him out of it,
2: O'Brien. What was that song of his? One he always sang, one I liked. <sighs> the minstrel boy to the war has gone in the
1: ranks of death you will find him.
2: His father's sword he hath girded on And his wild heart slow behind him Land of song, said the warrior bard Though all the world betrays thee One sword at least thy rights shall guard One faithful harp shall praise thee.
0: I'm not going to win this one, am I, Chief?
1: No, sir.